The way that you think is a big contributor to your healing. If there was something that I wish labs and scans can do is identify thinking patterns. Imagine if you went in for a doctor's appointment and they said, according to your scans, you have a belief that you will never heal. And over here we see that you are always thinking negatively about the future. Imagine if we had that capability. We wouldn't wait until all other options didn't work before we would focus on the true root of our symptoms. After working with so many of those that have chronic illness, I've been able to identify the thinking patterns that get in the way of healing without any fancy scans. They are common thinking patterns that if you don't shift them, can keep you from healing. And often they are not so obvious because they are so automatic to you. But I can guarantee that if you are honest with yourself, as you hear each of these, you will admit that you can relate to one or more of them. And once you're aware of them, then you can take action to do something about it. I'm not here to keep you on the sidelines watching others heal. I'm here to help keep healing simple and ultimately take action in your own healing. So grab a pen and paper and get ready to shift your thinking and start your healing. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the Simplify Your Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Peterson, a mind-body coach teaching those with chronic illness how to heal and get back their life using their own mind. In today's podcast, I'll be discussing the six ways of thinking that get in the way of your healing. This list of six comes from me working with over 100 students in the last two years. These ways of thinking are the most common that I see among those. So let's get right into the list because there is a lot to cover. The first way of thinking that gets in the way of your healing is the expectations of when you need or want to be healed by. One of the questions that I ask on my application for the Mind Body Rewire program is what would be the length of time that you are willing to invest in your healing? I have an option of three months, six months, or whatever it takes listed. I ask this for a reason, because if someone has a time length of how much they are willing to invest in their healing, that I'm concerned that person is forcing their healing and that never turns out well. Your body has its own agenda for how long it needs to take to heal, not you. Your only job is to focus on your mind, let go of the stress, and let your body do the rest. So let's use the example of a guy so desperate to find a partner. Everywhere he goes, every woman he talks to, he tries to force something that isn't there. He is trying so hard to find someone that he's missing making a connection with anyone and turns off every woman he talks to, ultimately never attracting what he wants. That's forcing it. And the same is true when you are forcing your healing by setting a time limit or expectations to when you need to be healed. While you may be doing the work, you're so focused on hitting that outcome that you're missing the connection to the inner work, the transformation that facilitates the healing. This is what I say when I tell students that they're just going through the motions. They're not actually doing the work, feeling the transformation. They're just doing the motions. It's not just the end date that is the problem. It's the whole expectation. So if you say, I want to be or need to be healed in six months, it's not just at six months that you start getting frustrated that you're not better. At three months, halfway through, You're saying, I'm halfway there of where I want to be and nothing has changed. So as long as you have the end date when you want to be well, every day will feel like a countdown. 
Putting a time limit to your healing puts a mark on every single day of you doing the work. This puts us into the perfectionist mindset. We must do everything perfectly right. We must get well within a certain period of time or else we have failed. And this ultimately sets you up for failure. The focus of trying to do it perfectly day after day is very stressful to the nervous system. Now, my program is is only six months long. And while most people that leave my program are 80 to 100% better, there are times people need to do the work a little longer. Now, this doesn't mean that they have failed. It just means that that is how long that their body is needing to get well, and that's okay. But think about it. Six months is a relatively short period of time to change the patterns that you have in your subconscious that you've had for the last 20, 30, 40 years. My program dives deep into these programs, but rewiring in them takes time, especially when a person has 10 to 20 symptoms. And the work that I teach is not a one-time thing. People think that they're going to come into the program, get the tools, and get back their health and be done. But after clients are in the program a while, they realize that this work is really lifelong. You never stop working on you. And if you want to continue growing and reaching your goals, you are always going to be working on your mind. After the program, you will have the tools to apply to any life situation, which is why there is really no end date to your healing. So stop putting expectations to where you should be how long you're willing to give yourself to heal, and instead treat each day of your healing journey as another day of getting to know you. Be curious, enjoy learning what it's like to be you, and get excited about the fact that you are creating a whole new you. You're cleaning out the files and now consciously instead of unconsciously creating the life and health that you want. Now the second way of thinking that is blocking your healing is focusing on the symptoms and body checking. This is big. Imagine though, for every time you focused on a symptom or body checked in one day, you got paid 25 cents. While that might not sound like much, by the end of your day, I can guarantee that some of you would have made yourself 10 bucks or more. This is a very bad habit that those with chronic illness get themselves into. While I understand how it happens because I did it too, You have to actively make a choice to change this thinking pattern in your brain in order to break it. And I'm not just going to tell you to stop doing it and then not give you a good reason why. If you have listened to episode number four, why you feel worse before you feel better, you will remember me talking about the two phases. There's the conflict phase and the healing phase. In order to move into the healing phase, your brain has to get out of the conflict phase And constantly focusing on your symptoms and body checking keeps you stuck in the conflict phase. The fear that you connect to checking and focusing on the symptoms is enough to tell your brain and your body that it's under threat. It's going to stay in the fight or flight response, never allowing your brain to move from the conflict phase and your body into the healing phase. By allowing this way of thinking to continue, you are consciously choosing to keep yourself sick. You're consciously choosing to keep yourself sick by focusing on your symptoms, by body checking. It's not serving you at all. While this pattern of thinking is most likely running on autopilot from your subconscious, you have to remember that you programmed it to work that way. So if you programmed it to work that way, you can unprogram it. It will take some effort on your end to overrun those patterns in the beginning, but eventually it will stop, especially when you understand 
It's when you feel like poo, like we discussed in episode number four, when you feel like poo, that you're actually healing. So as long as you remember that, you can celebrate that you are healing rather than fearing what your body is doing. So focusing on your symptoms and body checking, this way of thinking is keeping you sick. It's keeping you stuck because it's creating this cycle within your brain of jumping between the conflict stage and the healing stage. It's it's doing this, this back and forth, back and forth, never allowing the body to relax. There's just a constant heightened awareness, constant heightened feeling of being chased by that tiger because it's not able to relax. And simply by focusing on your symptoms and body checking throughout the day, it's giving a message to your brain and your body. There's something wrong here. And we're going to go into this response to protect ourselves. So let go of that pattern by every time that you catch yourself wanting to check your symptom or go into body checking and finding something wrong, that you immediately stop it. Stop it with something by changing your focus. I used to sing, you know, or literally just saying, okay, brain, I understand you used to do that, but we're not going to do that anymore. Having a conversation with your brain to literally tell it, we're not doing that anymore. And if you continue doing that over and over and over again, you will eventually break that old pattern. And there really is no other tool but that in order to fix this body checking and focusing on the symptoms. You're in control of this. There isn't a special tool. You know, I often say to my students, I wish I could take the files that are within your brain, take them out and just, you know, reprogram it, you know, like a computer and just reprogram everything and, you know, be able to start fresh and be so much more easier, right? But that isn't possible. So there's going to be work involved here. And that work means when those old patterns come up, we got to be able to shift them right away so that we stop running that same neural pathway in the brain. And eventually that pathway is going to no longer be, you know, wore down. It's going to grow with weeds and, you know, over be and be overrun because you're not traveling down it as much. So it's up to you to change that focus on your symptoms and stop that body checking to stop that stress response that's happening when you do those things. So the third way of thinking that is getting in the way of your healing is I don't have time to do the work or I need to wait until I have more time. So my question is, is so when is the right time to work on you? This statement in itself has a core belief within it. If I asked you what this means about you, what would you say? What does it mean about you that you don't have enough time to do the work? What it really means is that you're not important. That's the core belief connected to saying that you don't have time to work on you or that it's not the right time. Underlying that statement is something much deeper. It's that core belief saying, I'm not important. Now, have you ever found time to do something in your life that was important to you? I can guarantee that you have. Maybe you decided to go to school or stop working to stay home with your kids. You can make these choices in other ways. Why can't you do it for your own health? Most people with chronic illness do a very good job of taking care of others, but never of themselves. They were never taught that their own self-care is of importance. Oftentimes, this comes from having to grow up faster as a kid due to caring for family members or siblings, or simply seeing your own mom or dad do the same thing. Monkey see, monkey do. And the downside of you not taking time to work on you is that you can only be 50% a mom or wife, a daughter or whatever, if you 
don't work on you. You can't give it your all when you don't feel well. Wouldn't you want to do those things at 100%? Absolutely, right? Yes, this work takes time, but it's a relatively short time in the big picture of things. But it is the best time you will ever spend on anything in your life because it not only helps you get back your health and your life, it changes your family and heals your children without directly working with them. And when you heal you, you heal your children and generations that follow. So no more excuses of not having the time to work on you. When you say to yourself that you don't have time to do this work, remind yourself that you are really saying, I'm not important. Would you tell that to a child? Then why are you telling that to yourself and being okay with it? It's time to shift that thinking. All right, the fourth way of thinking that is getting the way of your healing is living in fear of the future and all the bad that will come with it. So when I was sick, it was easy to picture my future being gloom and doom. After all, day after day, it was proving that nothing was going to change and my life would forever be like this. But that all changed when I learned about the power of the mind. In particular, the reticular activating system. If you don't know what this part of the brain is, I will just give you a short explanation There is a part of your brain that operates like a computer with a search function, but it's even more amazing than a computer. It is programmed by what we focus on and what we identify with. So we notice only what matches our internal belief systems and identify context. So if you're an optometrist, for example, you'll tend to notice people wearing wearing eyeglasses across a crowded room. Or if you're a building contractor, you may notice the room's physical details. Have you ever bought a new vehicle and then all of a sudden you started seeing everyone driving the same type of vehicle? This is how the RES, reticular activating system of your brain, works. If you focus on the color red right now and then just glance around your environment, if there's any red at all, you'll see even the tiniest bits of it. Try it and you will see for yourself. The RES system doesn't know what is real or imagined. So if you imagine a future with yourself still being sick, then it will continue to find proof to align with that. You are controlling your future by the way that you see your future. So are you thinking about your future with fear or with purpose? With fear, you are moving away from what you want, but you're attracting what you fear because it's the message you're giving the RES. With purpose, you are intentionally moving towards what you want. Example is, I want to be happy and healthy and strong. Instead of, I worry that I'm going to be sick forever and never get well. When you are in fear, your emotions tend to trigger depression, anxiety, frustration, panic, and overwhelm. And it actually keeps you connected to what you don't want. They all are best friends here. The anxiety, the depression, the the frustration, and what you don't want and that fear are all best friends. They're hanging out together and they're going to achieve everything that you don't want. And when you focus on purpose, your emotions will show up as joy, happiness, enthusiasm, and gratitude, and will tie you to the results you want. So those emotions, along with what you want with purpose, is what is going to, those are going to be good friends together. That's the group you want to hang out with, because you're going to become them. You know, y'all oftentimes here, you become who you hang around with. This is the same thing. You become who you hang around with, with your thoughts. So take a moment and reflect. In your journey of healing, 
How do you approach it? Is it from a point of fear? Like, I don't want to get sick like my parents? Or I want my symptoms to stop? I'm afraid to make changes because they might not work? Or is it from the position of purpose and intention? I want to be healthy and set example for my children. I want to be whole and healed. I choose what serves me because I deserve health. Reaching towards what you want, the purpose, rather than running away from what you don't want, the fear, is a key component in attaining your goals surrounding health and personal happiness. Right now, take a moment to think about your most recent decision around moving forward with your healing. Did you make a decision based on fear or purpose? By simply shifting your focus from fear to purpose, you send a different message to your brain and body. If you continue to think about your future from a place of fear, your subconscious will continue to fear the future and ultimately do everything it can to keep you sick because it feels that it's safer being sick rather than well. And getting well means the future and the future, according to what has been programmed with, is a scary place. So your future is in your hands. You are the creator of your life and it all depends within your own mind what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on. So shift your thinking from a place of fear to a place of purpose. And when you do that, you'll naturally bring in the emotions that come in with purpose versus fear. And then your RAS system will start to find proof for making sure that this all happens. It's really how the law of attraction works, is that what we focus on grows. This is what you're doing here. If you're focusing on a future of a place of fear because you're worried you're not going to get well, that RAS system will continue finding the proof to prove that that is true and give you all of what you need to say, hey, look it, this is what I said was going to happen. Or looking to your future with purpose. And you can say, hey, look, this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was a fantasy, but it's really now come true. That's the RAS system working as it's designed to do. Whatever you've programmed it to put the focus, it's going to continue finding proof for that. The fifth way of thinking that is getting in the way of your healing is having an illness identity. Now, what does this mean? This means that you have formed an identity around your illness. You are your illness. How do you know if you have an illness identity? Well, some of the common signs would be that you speak in ways that indicate you are your symptoms or your diagnosis. For an example, I can't do that due to my fibromyalgia or my anxiety is really bad today. Do you hear that when I say that? The ownership of the label? When you use the word my, like my husband or my son, but instead you're claiming a partnership, a relationship with your label, your symptom. My biggest pet peeve is when people say, I have a limbic system dysfunction. They've moved away from the medical labels because they've started doing brain retraining work, but now have labeled themselves with something else, from one label to a different label. But this label of limbic system dysfunction is like encompassing, you know, the chronic illness. But it's still a label. And a limbic system dysfunction is indicating that your limbic system is dysfunctioning. And that is simply not true. What this will do, it will feed into the conflict of what is called a self-devaluation. Every time you say, I have a limbic system dysfunction, you're literally telling yourself, your brain, your body, that there is something wrong with it. And there is nothing wrong with your limbic system in the case of chronic illness. In fact, it's operating exactly how it's supposed to based off the messages that you're giving it. 
and that it has in its files. So there's nothing wrong with your limbic system. And if we continue to say, I have a limbic system dysfunction or my fibromyalgia or my anxiety, we're walking around with an illness identity, saying that there's something wrong and constantly giving the message to your body that something's wrong with it, which is enough to put it into a conflict stage. Those words, those thoughts are enough to make it feel heightened in a heightened response and like it's being chased by a tiger. So your language about your illness is very powerful. And the places that you hang out are just as powerful. Are you hanging out in the groups that support these labels, that support fighting the disease or the label, that all feeds into this illness identity? You know, a group for Lyme disease, a group for fibromyalgia, a group for, you know, whatever the label is. Those groups are going to focus on the identity of having that illness or having that label. And that keeps you stuck, keeps you stuck in that mindset. And I suggest you get away from that because it's not helping. It's just making you feel a part of that group, which is that part of that group is having this illness identity. And without changing that mindset, it'll keep you stuck. Lastly, some people have have had illness for so long that they don't know who they are outside of the illness. They've created a life around it. And without it, they simply wouldn't know what to do or who to be. That in itself can keep you stuck. Be creative and imaginative. Imagine what your world will look like when when you're healthy, even if it feels like a fantasy. It's better to live in a fantasy world than a world where you're creating your own suffering with thinking about negative things or negative future. Your brain doesn't know the difference and it will act upon whichever one you direct your focus to. You're the driver of the bus. So starting today, change the language that you use with yourself and your illness or your symptoms. Rather than staying in an illness identity mindset, shift it to I'm growing, I'm learning about myself. I'm unraveling the messages that I have been sending to my body. That type of language is going to be a lot calmer and send a different message to your body than saying, I have a limbic system dysfunction or my anxiety or, you know, whatever you're saying as far as far as that illness identity with your label. Such a different message that you're sending. And again, these messages are either going to send a message of relaxation to the body or stress. So which one are you going to choose? And now lastly, the sixth way of thinking that is getting in the way of your healing is thinking that the answer to your healing is outside of you. Now this kind of thinking is common because of the way that the medical world has trained us to find solutions. Just take this pill and you'll get better. But it's not just the medical world. You can even see this in the holistic world of healing too. I've been there. I used to do the same thing with my clients. Take these supplements, take away this food, stay away from this or that. And in the meantime, take a detox to cleanse every organ of your body. Both of these approaches tell us that the answers are outside of us. It's not until these protocols don't work that we are forced to turn inward. When we are forced to turn inward, sometimes this mindset follows with it. A person knows that the work needs to be done on the inside, but thinks that there is a special tool or healer that can help them address their traumas, emotions, beliefs, or old patterns. Often when students start my program, they say, hey, I can't wait to get the tools to work on my memories, my beliefs. And I say, you already have the tool. You just don't know how to use it to its full potential. It's between your ears, your own brain. So when they get to the work, they realize that there isn't some magic tool. 
that's going to fix them. They have to do it themselves. With my guidance, I show them how to do that. I've worked with clients on their health for over 20 years, and when I first started, I was the one that everyone came to for answers. I was the one with the protocols to help them, quote-unquote, fix their problems. After a while, I burned out because I was playing the role of the healer versus the teacher. It wasn't until I got sick and started the business that I now have that I realized my approach to helping people needed to change. I needed to be a teacher. Someone that people didn't depend on rather came to me to learn how to identify their own patterns and release them so that when they completed my program and got done working with me, they're able to go out into the world and deal with anything that comes their way. That is my role with my clients, to teach them their own abilities to heal themselves. I don't do the healing. I teach you how to use the tool that you already have to its full capacity your own brain. The answers to your health problems and even into other areas of your life are all within you. Nothing outside of you is needed. When you shift this kind of thinking from dependence of others or things to heal you to trusting in yourself, a huge transformation within happens, along with the resolution of your physical symptoms. That's a bonus. I don't know which one is a bonus. Either the transformation is the bonus or the physical resolution of your symptoms. You get two things. One is a bonus, in my opinion. So do you resonate with any of these ways of thinking that I just discussed? I'll list them again. Putting expectations to when you should be better. Are you putting expectations to when you should be better? If you are, stop that. (laughs) Stop it because it's not helping you. It's forcing you to be a perfectionist and it's forcing your healing, which is going to just keep you going around and around and keep you feeling stuck because you're putting these expectations on your body of when it's supposed to heal and you don't, you're not in charge of that. You're only in charge of what's going on within your mind. The body will do the rest. The second thing, focusing on the symptoms and body checking. Are you constantly looking at those symptoms, constantly questioning it or fearing it or when they're happening, focusing on them? If you are, again, stop it. (laughs) Consciously make a choice to redirect your attention from those and know that your body is doing exactly what it's designed to do. Third, saying you don't have time to do the work. You have the time. You have to make the time to put you as a priority. How are you going to do that? Create a plan to put you first. You can't be a good mom, wife, girlfriend, whatever it is even just a contributor to society, if you don't work on you, you can't do all of those other things at 100% when you don't feel well. So decide to put you first and what does that plan look like? Now, thinking about your future with fear is number four. This is where, again, this RAS system that, that is within your own brain is designed to attract whatever you put in it. Whatever you put in it, it says, all right, master, we're gonna go look for that. So think about your future with different set of eyes rather than eyes full of fear. Fifth, having an illness identity. Get rid of the language that you're using to identify you connected to the symptoms. Having a possession or relationship with this illness, with your label. Stop telling yourself, you have this, you have that. Or saying, my, meaning that it's actual relationship to you, that you are have a possession of it. That kind of language is going to continue keeping you in a place where you're going to identify as being that illness and not this person that's outside of the illness. You're a person outside the illness. Now start acting like that rather than this illness consuming you. And lastly, thinking that the answer to your healing is outside of you. 
step outside of that and know that the answer is within you. It's within your own mind. You might not know how to use that to its full capacity, but that's okay. That's where you need to get the help to know how to use your own brain to its capacity. That's where you reach out for help. When you're reaching outside of you for answers to the, to the other healers, to you know changing the diet or avoiding the mold or whatever it is, that's not going to fix anything. It's going to keep you stuck. It's going to keep you on this roller coaster of constantly searching for answers and never getting to the root of it. So if you want to heal, we have to shift these ways of thinking because they're ultimately affecting the way that your body is operating and also affecting the way that your brain is working on a daily basis and where its focus is. This is what this work is all about. Finding a pattern of thinking that isn't serving you and then changing it. When you do that, you change the response from your brain to your body. Your brain will no longer get these messages and will finally be able to relax and start healing. How many of these thought patterns are you going to let get in the way of your own healing in your own life? They're just thought patterns. You can change them. You're in control of that. And now that you've gotten all these bugs out, I encourage you to take action towards your healing by scheduling a discovery call with me. On this call, we will discuss your current situation, what your health goal is, and if I can help you achieve that through the Mind Body Rewire program. You can schedule and apply for this complimentary call by going to my website, www.themindbodyrewire.com. I will have the link also in the show notes. You can also connect with me and others that are on a healing journey using their subconscious mind in my Facebook group. You can find the group at themindbodyrewire.com slash group, which will also be in the show notes. If you like what you heard today and want to continue learning how to keep healing simple by focusing on your mind, then please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to bringing you more information to simplify your healing next week.